If you're enjoying this episode, check out Fearless Fridays with Marianne, the podcast to help you transform past pain into present power so that you can heal your inner child and reshape your future. I am your host, Marianne Rivera-Dannert in Rochester, New York. My mission is to see women worldwide live a free, fearless, and fabulous life. Subscribe to Fearless Fridays with Marianne on the JazzCast Pros Network, available right here on your favorite podcast player. And remember, you are a priority and you matter. JazzCast Pros. Did you know you can prioritize your mental health over your job? Well, you can, and it's possible. Possible in a couple of ways, but we're going to talk about two today. I have with me Gabby Ionello, the corporate quitter, and she is going to talk about how she prioritized her mental health over her job. So yes, it is possible. Before we dive into the interview, I want to encourage you to head over to FrontSeatLife.com and get your free self-care wheel. I talked about the self-care wheel in the last episode, and I want to make sure you have the opportunity to be able to get your wheel to do your own self-care assessment whenever you have the time. So head over to FrontSeatLife.com and grab your free self-care wheel. And here on Living the Front Seat Life podcast, this is the place to get everything that you are looking for to secure your mental health, increase your mental health, and live the life that you desire. My guest today is Gabby Ionello. Today, we're going to talk about, again, how you can prioritize your mental health. If you're managing people, how to create a healthy mental health space for your employees, how to be your authentic self, bringing all of you to the workplace. And if you're ready to take the leap and become a corporate quitter like Gabby Ionello, she gives you all the goods today. You might have seen the corporate quitter on Good Morning America in the New York Times, the New York Post, CNBC. She's been everywhere. Welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. I'm your host, Kelly Marie, and I invite you to take this journey with me. We're going to be talking about all things mental health and emotional well-being. You see, I am a overcomer. If you are interested in figuring out the path for you to determine how and where you will drive your future, this is the place to be. We get to determine the ride. We may not get to determine the weather or who's on the road with us or if it's going to be a scenic route or not, but we are the drivers. So join me on this ride, Living the Front Seat Life. So Gabby Ionello is known as the corporate Quitter. She's the host and founder of the Corporate Quitter podcast. And after six years of living in New York City, she quit her cushy corporate job in February of 2021. Yes, the pandemic, right? And she started podcasting as a hobby, which unexpectedly exploded. It became a full-blown business within six months. And now she educates, she works with, and inspires thousands of people across the globe. As we move into this era of gig work and and figuring out the role the internet plays in our day-to-day lives, she is phenomenal. Let me tell you, she's been featured on Good Morning America, The New York Times, Fast Company, CNBC, um, Chicago Tribune, CBS, The Telegraph. She is everywhere. Not only is she everywhere, but she is here with me in this 
super cool virtual space that we're sharing right now. So I want to just open up this time, open up your mind, get ready to receive from the corporate critter, Gabby Ionello. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it too. It's always cool to connect with people who are just like, as I like to say, doing the damn thing. Because you know how it is. There's so many people who are just like full of it, like not real people. And so when I meet other people who are in the same space of just like no BS, right? Having a good time, enjoying life. It lights me up. It makes me excited. It's so not corporate. So I'm all about it. <laughs> but okay, so you're the corporate quitter. So that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be corporate because you left everything that so many people are chasing. And at the same time, so many people are leaving. So what was your motivation for quitting? Oh, so many things. I think it was a slow burn, but essentially I just felt like I kept hitting caps. So whether it was like a financial cap, creative cap, you know, something to that effect, I was just getting really frustrated. And then the other thing, the breaking point was right, COVID. I had a lot of time with my thoughts, but then the other thing was that I was working with a new team in a new department at my current job. So I got promoted internally, which right is great, except for the fact that they didn't pay me how they said they were going to. The people I was working with were terrible, like throwing me under the bus, like just doing things that I've never experienced before in a job, like so malicious. And I was like, okay, girl, like what better time to try the entrepreneurial thing than now? I thought that a lot of other people were leaving their jobs because of money, right? Like it wasn't enough money or it was too much work or they wanted to just like stay home. Do you see that being the main reason why other people are quitting during this this great resignation? You know, you would think it has to do with money. And for some people it is. But I think most of it is just people want time back, right? They want freedom. They want autonomy in their schedule, they got a wake up call of what's most important in life, which is right, your family, your friends, like actual experiences instead of just basically working until you die, <laughs> which has been like the thing lately. I feel like everyone's burnt out and overworked and undervalued. So um, I think it's more so that that internal soul searching, if you will, as opposed to the actual money thing, because mo most people like myself, I didn't have anything lined up when I quit. I was like, OK, I'm going to use my savings, kind of going to figure it out if I need to pick up gig work. That's great. But like, let's see what happens. Right. I didn't have anything lined up. So money wasn't the driving factor. And you mentioned something that just made me think of a friend of mine. It used to be like the boss move to have all this vacation time stacked up and sick time. Like you always went to work and they can always count on you. And I have a friend that has hundreds of hours banked. I can't even understand how you can work every day without taking a vacation and time off. I may have at most at any given time, like two days. I have to <laughs> prepare to save up for time. But that used to be the, all, all the, everybody was saving their time and giving everything to their employers, but they weren't getting anything back from the employers. Like it seems like the mission and vision of all these organizations didn't ring true to like the everyday employee. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know how it is. It's tough to be working as hard as we are, especially New Yorkers. Like we're always hustling. And if we're not doing a lot in our job, we have commitments outside of our job that take up our time. So as human beings, we need rest. It's just part of our body and our physiology. 
And so when we don't give ourselves rest, it breeds like infection, disease, you know, mental health issues, all this stuff. And so with people who don't have the ability to take sick time or paid time, or even maybe in this case with your friend who like, she probably wants to take a vacation, but she knows if she takes it, A, she might be penalized, which is like ridiculous because corporate will say, we want you to take vacation, right? We want you to prioritize mental health, but then they kind of reprimand you and kind of will skirt around you when promotions or things come up because you've taken yourself as a priority. But then the other side too is like, what if you use all your PTO and then you don't have any left, right? It's like, we have to be really strategic of when we take our time off, which isn't fun because right there are things that come up in life, different opportunities, different experiences. This person gets married. This person has a death in the family, which is right. An un foreseen circumstance that no one wants to go through. But the fact that you have to plan things out so methodically and, and do it under the guise of what corporate is telling you to do is not ideal. And I think people are realizing, I want to go with the flow, right? I'd rather make less money and have more fun as opposed to just, again, living to work. I feel you on that. I, I really do. And that's really a part of what living the front seat life is about understanding that you are the driver, you decide whether you go left or right, you decide if you're going to dance in the rain or, you know, <laughs> hide and cover in the corner, you know, you decide and control how you live. And so many people are starting to, like you were saying, they're starting to, the light turns on and they see that there's so much more to life than what they've been living. So I want to switch it back over to you a little bit because I love your story. When you quit, what did you do? Like, what was your your first I am free thing that you did? I, funny enough, I went to Florida. So I figured as like a backup to my backup plan, if things didn't work out, is that, okay, I'll move to like Florida, right? No income tax. It's much cheaper in comparison to New York, but also it's like really nice, right? Like palm trees and warm weather and stuff like that. So I was able to go down to St. Pete and just kind of check out the area, scope it out a bit, see if it was something I wanted to, you know, potentially move towards. So that was kind of a celebratory thing. It ended up not working out, but it's funny because right now I'm in Florida and I may potentially move down here, but it's took a year to get down here. Just share with people what your journey has been like. What has being a corporate quitter been like? I've seen the articles. You're everywhere, but you didn't just get here. Like, how did you get to this point? Dude, it's funny because like everyone talks about overnight success and like you don't understand it until this happens, right? So now all of a sudden I have all these messages from people who are like, oh my God, you're in the news. Oh my God. But it's been years in the making to get to this point. Like for years, I've been investing in self-development and understanding business and learning all these tools and taking courses outside of my original schooling and college to get to a place of being a good speaker, understanding business and doing the things that I've done to get the media coverage and right be up in lights. But the journey itself, like I said, when I quit, I didn't really have a plan. I was kind of just, I had a vision of what I wanted, but I had no idea how I was going to get there, right? I didn't have followers. I didn't have a trust fund. I didn't have those things that can really help people in the beginning. So I had to really build up from the bottom. So I luckily was able to move back home so that I could save some money and get rid of my you know, apartment in Manhattan because it was like two grand. It was like ridiculously expensive. And I just started to create content, right? I launched my podcast, you know, for fun, basically. I figured out, okay, I'll do this on the side until I figure out my serious adult business, right? Something that makes a little bit more sense than quitting corporate. But 
funny enough, as I was building out the podcast and right, getting on TikTok and exploring all these different avenues, the term great resignation came out, I think around June or July of 2021. And then I realized at the point, oh my God, I beat the trend. Like that never happens. I actually beat the trend. So because of that, I was able to jump on that bandwagon and leverage the hashtags, right? The news and all all that stuff, right? This burning passion for people to want to leave. And so because of that and me capitalizing on those trends, was I then able to build this massive brand in addition to write my own marketing efforts, right? Like pitching media and creating content every single day. I mean, like you said, you've seen me on TikTok and all this stuff. Like I've been creating videos nonstop multiple times a day for like eight months at this point. And that's exhausting, but it's so rewarding to be able to see now I actually have a business and we're making money and right, we're getting these accolades and mentions and news because of those efforts. But it's been a journey. I'm still figuring it out. I don't have it all together, even though it looks like it and things look pretty. It's not like that, but it's just learning as you go because I didn't start from a place of knowing what I was doing. And so are you telling people to just do it? Is that the advice I'm hearing? Like you you? mean just quit and start like doing creating content or something like that? Or just because it's a little bit, it's definitely a little bit of both because I'm sure both you and Jazzy know that things that we learn in textbooks, like things that we learn in college or, you know, whatever it is, is great but it's not nearly as effective as life experience. And so what I found from just not only like quitting and purging my old corporate self who wore pencil skirts and did the like, as per my last email, right? You saw the corporate jargon was not only a, I was able to purge that and find my true real self who was not fit or stuffed into a box that corporate made me be in. But then in addition to that, I was really able to build as I go, right? Learn business as I went along, which is 10 times more effective than going to school or like trying to, to do it on the side. I quit and I went straight for it. So I had no other option, right? It kind of lit a fire under me to be like, hey girl, like you got to make this work because if you don't, you're going back to corporate. And that was like my worst case scenario. So it forced me every single day to wake up and work on this thing. And that's, I think, part of the reason why it worked. There's a great phrase. If you treat it like a hobby, you get hobby results. And I didn't want this to be a hobby, right? I didn't want this to be a cute little, oh, so cute. Like I didn't, that was not my big game plan. I wanted to be like, a bat, a, you know, a boss bee, if you will, who is making money and taking names. And so with that comes effort every single day and putting myself full frontal. And so when you're in a corporate job, you can't really do that. But if you quit, again, taking into consideration your, you know, your situation, do your research and all that, but I would never go back. And I wish that more people had the courage to do it because it will change your life. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high quality recordings, regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. And I'm standing here nodding and I know Jazzy is probably clapping and spinning around in her chair and rooting you on because these are the conversations that we have about the business. You know, how do you make the business the business and not a hobby, you know, making sure that we focus on the actual work. When I say we, it's really me because she's on it. But, you know, understanding that this is this is real work. And so you've taken this and have shown the world that it is possible when you put your all into it. Now, I know a lot of people, you know, have heard that and, 
you know, think that they put their all into it. But it's not until, like you said, the fire is underneath you and you have no choice that you're really giving it your all. So when you look back on all of this time that you've spent building your brand and, and, you know, really being consistent and looking at who you were and who you are now, what are some of the mental health benefits that you've gotten in this? One of the things that I just realized recently is that there's a difference between mental health and mental fitness. So mental health is kind of like how you feel about yourself, your environment, like, really is toxic or being in an environment that feels good and makes you excited about life. And then mental fitness is more of like, how can we, from a like motivation perspective, push ourselves through those really tough times, right? So there is a difference between the two. But from a mental health perspective, I went from a super toxic environment that was breeding just like negativity, maliciousness, like not a great place to one of now where, again, I don't use an alarm clock. I get to choose how my day goes. And even the days that are stressful, right? Maybe the money's not coming in or technology is having a moment or something like that. That level of stress is out of purpose as opposed to obligation. So I react to it 10 times better than I would in corporate. So like drama in the corporate workplace would probably leave me in tears. I would be distraught. I would also be just like, I feel stuck. I hate this. I want to get out. Whereas now I'm choosing to be in the fire, right? I'm choosing actively to deal with these challenges because there's a greater purpose or a greater impact to be had. And so those mental health challenges have been very, very different. So all in all, like mental health is in a very, very good place because everything that I'm dealing with on a day-to-day basis is exciting and I'm happy. And that's something that I haven't experienced since probably childhood. That is incredible. So you mentioned, I always talk about mental health and mental illness and everyone having a measure of mental health. Like we all have a measure of physical health. Some of us are more physically fit and some of us aren't, right? And some of us may be sick and have an illness, but still have more physical health than someone who just isn't doing anything with their lives. So I love that comparison to mental health and mental fitness. You might hear it on the podcast again, so don't be surprised. I will definitely let people know it came from this podcast with you, um, but I, I just love the, that comparison that you gave. So as you are looking forward, how far ahead do you plan? And I'm asking that because I talk a lot about mindfulness and wellness and meditation and focusing on the present moment. But at the same time, we still have to plan for tomorrow. Honestly, I'm still figuring that out because right from my corporate perspective, they were always telling you to plan three-year you know, three goals, five-year goals, 10-year goals, but I didn't even know what I was going to make for breakfast tomorrow. And that's kind of the game with entrepreneurship is you have to take it day by day as well as week by week, month by month and quarter by quarter, right? Because things are constantly changing, new ideas come up, you're operating in a completely different type of mentality in a completely different environment that doesn't need you to be so rigid and structured. So I try to plan out as far in advance as I can. But I'm in a very emotionally driven person. So if I have an idea, like, and I'm like, Oh, my God, I got to do this thing, then I'm like, Okay, we're clearing the calendar, we're doing that thing. But um, I try to have visions in store. So I'll do like Pinterest vision boards on a monthly basis to kind of like envision what the next month will bring for me. And then of course, on a, I would say quarterly or annual basis, I'll write out like almost the things that I want or the things that I'm headed towards. But in terms of like a long-term goal, like anything more than five or 10 years, 
at this point, we haven't thought that far, but I do have right some things like, oh, I want to be a mom and I want to have kids and I want to make a million dollars and all that stuff. But it's not so concrete as the short term things just yet. So I'm definitely hearing flexibility in there, but yeah. you, you still have your long term pictures, visions of what things should look like. That's awesome. Um, if anyone has any questions about quitting corporate, right, you know, actually having that leap of faith and transitioning out, um, we are releasing something soon called the Quitter Starter Pack, right? Get your quit shit together, essentially. So basically, you know, your insurance, your taxes, your retirement, like all those not so sexy things. And the other part is actually building out your brand. So it's unforgettable and kind of replicating exactly what I did. So those are coming really soon, but everything's on corporatequitter.com. And feel free to reach out. I always love to connect with people who are on the same path as I am, as well as you two. First of all, get your quit shit together is the best thing I have ever heard in my life. Because whether <laughs> you are trying to quit and, you know, you have a, a six week plan, six month plan, or, you know, you, you're going to wait until retirement, you still have to have your life together. Like you still need to have all that stuff together. My mom's retired and she's absolutely bored right now. And I'm like, I knew that was going to happen. She's been retired for three years, but she now has to do, you know, some of the things you're talking about to, to get those things together to figure out, do I work part-time? Am I going to be, you know, take this jewelry business to the next level? What am I going to do? So that is like in all ages, no matter where you are in life statement. And I'm encouraging you guys to, to get that starter pack. I will be probably second in line. Jazzy will probably be first. But <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. Hey, I just wanted to add something in there too, um, Gabby. And this is Jazzy calling in from Jazzcast Pros. I'm enjoying the conversation with both our amazing women here. And um, one of you is continuing to work in corporate, and one said, "No, forget corporate. I'm going to be an entrepreneur." But I wanted to hear um, from each of you. What do you think that corporations could do? to maintain their employees? Like if you can just give me like maybe one thing each, what's one thing an employer could do to support their employees' mental health? So many things. <laughs> I would say right off the bat, just pay them more. Like what's the big deal? I don't understand why we're dancing around like $1,000. Like pay your people correctly, especially in New York City with inflation. Like, come on, like cut it out. Like we're, it's not cute anymore. Just pay us well, right? Money solves everything. <laughs> Honestly though, I'm just laughing how you said it's not cute anymore. It was never cute. And what I find like absolutely mind blowing is, you know, you come out of college and you spend all this money and you're in debt and they still want to offer you, you know, 10, $15 an hour. And they've been doing that. And I've been out of college for 20, almost 20 years now, you know? So it's like, what in the world? Like, you don't think that we have more, you know, costs. And aside from inflation, aside from, you know, the fact that I just spent $3.20 on a half gallon of milk, right? Now I have kids and I have, you know, big girl responsibilities and you still want to pay me like I'm fresh out of college. I'm not understanding that. So I 100% agree with, with you there. Uh, Kelly, what do you think that employers could do? Well, it's a great question. And I am building a team. So I just took on a brand new office that, that hasn't existed. And so I'm thinking about all of these things because I want my employees to be 
reasonably happy. I mean, it's work for a reason. So I, I still want people to just come to work and enjoy what they're doing, even though they'd probably rather be on a beach or, you know, like hang gliding somewhere, right? So I understand that there are probably other places you'd rather be. But since you've chosen to be here with me, I want it to be a good experience, right? I want to make sure that when you need to talk to someone, you feel comfortable coming to me, that you can speak your voice and not feel that you have to bite your tongue or you can't bring who you are, all of you to the job. Like that's why you're here because of who you are and you should be able to bring all of you to work. That to me is the biggest piece of advice that I would give to managers, employers, you know, whatever level of management you are is to treat your people as whole right? And let them come to work as their whole selves. That takes away the microaggressions, that takes away, you know, switching and roles, you know, you coming as you is 100% necessary if you're really looking to keep your employees and keep them happy. I 100% agree. And I'll just throw in a example, working in the news and, you know, as a, as a black woman, you would always feel like I have to straighten my hair every day. And just in the last couple of years, some black women are now allowed to wear their hair natural or they're allowed to wear braids and they're allowed, you know, to show up as their real authentic self. And I've been seeing how much essence it brings, especially to these Black History Month tributes and specials that all the news outlets are trying to do nowadays. Um, it just looks so much better to see these women come, you know, as their authentic selves when they're presenting stories, especially about the Black experience. And it makes a huge difference. But I know code switching is still a thing. It will probably always remain a thing. But I think that that's a great first step is just saying, hey, you are welcomed as you are. And appreciate it. It's all a part of the reasons why people are leaving. You know, Gabby, you know, said it, not being appreciated. A thousand dollars, you do a whole lot more up front. It ends up being a slap in the face after you say, here's my notice, right? There are things that we can do to, to really change the lives of our employees. And then understand that, you know, some of them, their goals may be to quit. So we need to encourage that and help and pour into that part of them as well. So Gabby, before we disconnect and go on about our, our separate lives. I would just say, go with your gut. Like everything that I've been taught in my schooling and my corporate job was always to take the rational perspective on things. And right, that's important sometimes. But I have made better choices in my life by going with what my intuition or my gut is telling me to do, as opposed to quote unquote, what is right by society. So if you're feeling a tug to maybe in this case, quit your job, or maybe it is to stay or not date that person or take out the loan or like whatever it is that you're called to do, by all means, that's a reason. And that's, it's important that you acknowledge that because it wouldn't be there if it wasn't important. I love it. Thank you so much. So on point. Love this conversation. And I cannot wait to see everything else that you produce and bring to the people. So before we go, let them know one more time how they can follow you, get in touch with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, you guys can find me on corporatequitter.com. All my social handles and all the links you need are on there. And of course, feel free to DM me or send me an email so we can touch base. I'd love to connect. Gabby, thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you for sharing your life with us, what it means to be the corporate quitter, what it means to take a leap of faith, what it means to believe in self and go after that thing. I commend you. I love it. I cannot wait to download, get busy, dig in, and learn more from you as I know anyone who listens to this podcast will. So until next time, I encourage you guys to be the light. And on the next show, I'm going to talk about how to tap into the mental health network. We talk about mental health all the time. Um, We talk about self-care, therapy, mindfulness, meditation, but I've never given you the how-to steps to actually finding mental health help. So that's going to be our next episode. Always looking to encourage and arm you with the information you need to be a better you, to be more of you, for you, and for those that you love. So tune in next week, same place on your favorite podcasting platform and share the episode with a friend or loved one or stranger. You can't keep all the goods to yourself. Share it with someone that you love. Spread the news, spread the love. Until the next time, be the light. Welcome to Igniting Hope Radio, where we realize the differences between equity and equality. Here at the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, quite frankly, we don't want equality. We want equity. Well, why is that? When when you look at a Black woman, Black women are twice more likely to die from pregnancy or childbirth-related causes. Here in Buffalo, New York, 12 years of life is lost by each person living in specific areas of Buffalo because of their race. Zero percent of health should be determined by where a person lives. We hope that you would join us weekly for your daily dose of hope as we ignite the hope in the hearts and minds of those who share our five foundational pillars. Pastor George will be joined by national, local, and global leaders who are experts in the field of social determinants of health, such as education, unemployment and job security, food insecurity, housing, basic amenities, and the environment. We want equity. The only way to change hearts and minds is through emotional engagement, to get people behind it, and continuously support the concept with facts. This is our aim and our mission weekly as you join Pastor George on Igniting Hope Radio.